one constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Oh, I heard that so much. The most well-known, the best looking, the best dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, and you as we welcome in the month of March. The good news is before this month is over, it will be spring. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. They're great people, so give them a call, 585-426-5024. If you have a pest problem or... Well, what the heck? Maybe you just want somebody to talk to. Call the good people at Town & Country. They're there to help. 585-426-5024 or townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Check out our website, btgprogram.com. You can learn more about the show. You can even support the show by purchasing a BTG t-shirt a coffee mug, or perhaps becoming a regular contributor, btgprogram.com. And, of course, we'd love to have you follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Zach, I have the great privilege, as you know, in my job to be able to do much of my work at home Mm -hmm. during the winter months. I have a TV in my office, and with this past week being the start of spring training baseball games, I've been able to have a number of games on while I was working in the background, or perhaps I was just doing a little work while I was watching baseball. My office is in my basement, so I really don't have a good look at what's going on outside, but I know it's cold. I know it's snowy. Seeing the palm trees, the sunshine, the green grass is always such an encouragement to me. Just as being a Yankees fan was watching them in their spring training opener as they broke out the pinstripes for the only time this spring. And I know it's a spring training game. It doesn't mean much, but of course I enjoyed watching the Yankees win. Even if the winning hit was off the bat of some guy wearing a number like 97, I think it was. <laughs> as much as the game didn't matter, in many ways it did. So why in the world would you be a fan of the New York Mets? The only reason the Mets have fans is that New York City is large enough to have people that refuse to root for the Yankees. You could probably take any other team, put them in New York, and they would have a fairly significant fan base made up of anti-Yankees people. Move the, move the Rays, move them to New York, and they would have an automatic fan base bigger than the one they have now in Tampa. These people are much less Mets fans and more not Yankees fans. Mm-hmm. We they they might as well guy. just call them the New York not Yankees. <laughs> the Mets will always be the other team in New York. Even when they're the defending National League champions and one of the best teams in the game. So while I enjoyed watching the Yankees in their spring training opener and on the home channel of the Yankees, Mets fans got to enjoy a rebroadcast of a 2006 game Hmm. on the home channel of the Mets instead of seeing their team's home opener. 
why would you not put the game on TV? How does that happen? Well, I know they televised the home games, and the Mets were on the road for their for their opener. But I mean, come on, it's the first game of the spring, the first chance for for fans to see their team, the not Yankees, since the final game of the World Series. I mean, I think the channel. I'm not sure of this, but I think the channel is even owned by the Mets ownership group. You didn't want to preempt whatever program you had on at one o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Your audience was that big at one o'clock on a Thursday afternoon that you couldn't preempt to put the Mets on. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know it's an away game or whatever, but that's the the spring opener. You've been waiting since October for this. You gotta show that game, right? Yeah, right. Because I was excited. I know it's a spring training game, but I was excited to watch the Yankees play. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine Met fans were, too, to watch their team play. But a rebroadcast of a division-clinching game from 2006 against the Marlins, that's what people wanted to see. I mean, I know it's a big year for the Mets. They made it all the way to the NLCS before getting beat by the Cardinals. Sorry, Mets fans, your beloved Mets. While they appear to be stacked, while they appear to be looking at a potential return trip to the World Series, they're still only slightly more relevant than the Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) Ouch. Sticking with New York City sports for just another moment, while I'm probably not the first person you will hear say this, let me add my voice to the list of people saying that the Carmelo Anthony era in New York City is over. The time has come to move on. While he he does have a no-trade clause in his contract, but for the good of everybody involved, the team, the player, the concession stand worker, figure something out that will send Anthony somewhere else, anywhere else, and get whatever you can for him. Even if, if it's just some old hot dog rolls and a case of paper towels, make the trade. This past week, during yet another Knicks loss, which, by the way, was the team's 15th in like 18 games. Anthony responded to a heckling fan by pointing out the team owner and telling him to go ask for a refund. He says he's sitting right over there. (laughs) He issued an apology, Anthony did. Of course, since he issued that apology, he said the team sort of made him. No kidding. We all knew you didn't apologize on your own. He issues an apology through the Knicks PR Twitter account. I mean, how weak is that? When you throw your boss under the bus, let's say you do that, Zach, you show the same leadership as maybe a slug crawling across your windowsill, you throw your boss under the bus, I'm sure he's going to be satisfied with you just tweeting out an apology. That's going to make everything all right. Hours after the apology, though, Carmelo Anthony was a no-show at a Knicks annual charity bowling event. The team said Anthony's absence was due to personal reasons. I mean, clearly it's over, right? I'm not the only one thinking this. It's It's been over for some time now. Yeah, this mellow thing is turning into almost like the Yohannes Cespedes thing, where every day or two there's something different with him. It's just one of those marriages you know is not going to last. The fan was removed by MSG security after his exchange with Anthony. Apparently he continued to call out Anthony's name, telling him, Well, telling him how poorly he thought the team was. And Anthony said, just don't want to hear that. I pointed to the owner and told him, you deal with him. Maybe you can get your money back. 
I mean, if you're the Knicks, if you're paying Anthony to bring the Knicks a championship, forget it, it ain't happening. If you're paying him for wins, well, that sure isn't working. And if you're paying him to put fannies in the seats, you're the New York Knicks. You should be able to do that without him. You are doing it without him. So if you're paying him to be a leader, well, pushing it off on the owner isn't being a leader. Listen, I think the owner is part of the problem in New York, but Carmelo Anthony is not part of the answer. Soon to be in bookstores everywhere, leadership skills by Carmelo Anthony. I pointed to the owner and told him, look, you deal with that with him. Leadership skills. From the found money file, there's the you-have-to-give-it-back variety. Back in 2013, the Washington Redskins accidentally gave a former player, H.B. Blaze, an extra $40,000, and now they're suing him to get that money back. He played for the team from 2010, or excuse me, 2007 to 2010, and in 2012 was issued a $40,000 severance payment. He had been cut from the team just prior to the start of the 2011 season. Twelve months later, they accidentally sent him another $40,000 as a result of what they say was a clerical error. The Redskins sent the man a letter asking him to return the money, but they didn't get a response. He eventually agreed to pay back a little over half of the money, but he would do it in installments. However, the team says they have not received any payments at all. An arbitrator then ruled that Blades had to pay back all of the money, which is what led to the Redskins now putting in a, a, a lawsuit. It's not your money, man. You need to give it back. You ever get a check by mistake? No, I wish I did. But you can't keep it. Right. It's not yours. You have to give it back. I remember one time somebody had money accidentally deposited into their bank account and they spent it. And the bank then came and said, you, you got to give the money back. And they were like, but it was in the account. Somebody, it was mine. It wasn't theirs. If it was a mistake, you can't keep it. You'd think he'd want to give the money back just to clear his conscience, wouldn't you? You would think so. But, you know, we hear about so many of these former players that go bankrupt. He, it may have been like a really big deal for him. Acts 24.16, so I always take pains to have a clear conscience towards both God and man. You got to give it back. I think the moral of the story is if you find this big sum of money and you're like, where the heck did this come from? Maybe check and make sure it's okay for you to spend it. Make sure that it's not a mistake like this. Good advice. Maybe when the money's returned, the Redskins can thank them with a nice little gift card to the Cheesecake Factory or something. Thanks for the 40 grand back. Here's $50. Go get yourself a nice piece of cheesecake. Maybe give them a Kirk Cousins jersey since that's who Ooh, that money's going to go to. An autographed one at that. Yeah. But also from the found money file, there's also the you get to keep the money variety. A family who so far wishes to remain anonymous, it's only known that they're from a southern state, has found seven rare Ty Cobb baseball cards in a paper bag in a run-down house of a deceased relative. Not one, seven of the same cards. That's big money. Until this discovery, which, had, which has been determined and now it is authentic, these are the real deal cards, there were only 15 of these cards thought to be in existence. Well, now that number has grown by seven. Seven. That's an. It's one thing to find a card. It's unheard of to find seven of the exact same ones, and because that now number, as I say, has increased by seven, the exact value of the card is going to change. But mm -hmm. they believe this is probably worth more than a million dollars. Oh yeah. 
It really stinks for people who owned one of the other 15, though. Their value went down. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine just finding seven? Lucky day. You get to keep the money. Coming up on today's Beyond the Game, we'll be joined by Spencer Traver, author of the new book, 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. We're going to get to as many of your favorite regular segments as we can squeeze in. All ahead this week on Beyond the Game. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They know how to get any job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well, just about any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions will take on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. This is the sound of a University of Phoenix student earning a master's degree. What you don't hear is the courage it took to put goodness on hold for greatness, the sacrifice it took to substitute hobbies for homework, and the fight it took to keep going when settling seemed easy. You don't hear the kids that need attention, the boss that needs reports, the pressure that shapes this student into a success. So next time you look at a University of Phoenix degree, know it's not as simple as it sounds. And that's why we rise. University of Phoenix. Learn more at phoenix.edu. My hands are shaking and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Who do you think of when you have such luck? I'm in love. Mm. I'm all shook up. Zach, I'm wondering now. With his bat flips, the stare downs and challenges anytime someone throws inside on him, and now with the reported contract demands, is Toronto Blue Jays outfielder Jose Bautista, is he the new bad guy in baseball? Is he the guy you like to dislike? He is for me. He has been for me for a long time. But just casually scrolling through the internet, it looks like a lot of fans are still on his side in this, which kind of blows my mind because the stuff that he's saying is absolutely ridiculous. There's two groups of fans that are going to be on his side. One, you know, obviously Toronto fans. So I, sh- I guess I should have said at least outside Toronto because it's when it's mm-hmm. your guy, it obviously doesn't bother you as much. But the other group of fans are that young, brash, you know, they like that bat throwing thing. That just, mm-hmm. that just made him a celebrity in their eyes. Reports are that he's asked for a five year, $150 million contract extension in advance of his impending free agency. But what's maybe even more of a shock to me is that he said he's not even willing to negotiate. His demands are more or less a take-it-or-leave-it type thing. I don't believe in the whole budget and payroll. That's, I don't believe in any of that stuff. I know exactly how baseball works, especially a team that's structured the way that we are. Our hometown discounts, as they say. That doesn't exist. Not in my world. I've, in my eyes, I've given them a, I've given this organization a five-year hometown discount already, so I'm not willing to negotiate even right now. I don't think there should be any negotiation. I think I've proved myself, and 
the question has been asked and what will it take, and I've given them an answer. So He says that the six-year, $78 million contract he signed back in the, before the 2011 season, that's what Toronto should consider the home down, hometown discount. He's not going to give them a hometown discount. He's saying that was their hometown discount. I imagine that if it's true, what he's saying of these things, because he did backpedal a little off these comments. I I don't know what was said, but I imagine if it's true, I kind of chalk it up to posturing. Mm -hmm. He's just positioning a little bit. He's he's really only had a couple of what you'd call over-the-top years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a dramatic change in him for production numbers, almost to the point where in this age of steroids, you kind of raise an eyebrow. Absolutely. What are you talking about? I need an herb supplement that can be purchased at any health food store. And, I, and I'm not accusing him of anything. And I'm not saying that because it's pretty well known that he and his hitting coach discovered a flaw in a swing. They made some adjustments. And ever since, he's been a completely different player. But he's going to be 36 years old at the end of this season. And this is probably his last big shot at a big deal. I mean, you're probably at the end of this contract, whatever contract he signs, depending on the length, he's probably going to be a full-time DH by the time he gets to the end of it. Oh, yeah. And there won't be another one after this. His antics do bother me some. And I get it. I'm an old-school guy, and, and the fact that I'm a Yankees fan and he's a divisional rival may have something to do with it. but I don't care for the David Ortiz routine. I don't care for, look, throwing inside is part of the game. I'm not saying hitting the guy, but you can't let those big, strong hitters camp out comfortably in in the batter's box. No. Pitcher may not be trying to hit him, but wasting a pitch inside to set something up further off the plate is, that's a good strategy. It's effective strategy. It's what you do. But guys like Ortiz, guys like Bautista, they seem to get indignant about it. Like, You've invaded their personal space, and I guess I don't understand that, and I don't like that about, well, I guess what I'm saying is his style isn't my cup of tea, but it was his comments that I really couldn't believe. I don't believe in the whole budget and payroll. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm not going to sit here and try to bargain. I don't think this should be a negotiation. I think I've proven myself. That's crazy talk. Yeah. What? You don't believe in a budget you don't believe in pay that's stupid of course you do what kills me is he says i know how the game works i know how the game works well no you don't because how the game works is there's negotiation how the game works is nobody gives out these giant contracts to guys in their 30s anymore it just doesn't happen Pujols was the last one you know and for him to say i know how the game works he's going to be in for a rude awakening at the end of this year you know, because no one's going to give him close to this money. He might get the $30 million a year for maybe a year or two at the start of this next deal, but there is no way he's getting anywhere close to what he says he's going to get. Five-year, you're not paying a 41-year-old DH that kind of money. That's, it's just not going to happen. Now, again, I, I think some of that, maybe most of that is posturing. Mm-hmm. That's his agent, whatever it is, but I, To say you don't believe in budgets, that's just dumb. Here, let me explain it to you. You want to make $150 million for five years. That means you cannot spend $151 million over those five years. There, that's a budget. (laughs) If a team has X amount of money to spread out among all their players, 
then they can't give you all of it. That's a payroll. So there it is. That's explained to you. The fact that you don't believe in it doesn't matter. It doesn't change a thing. Those spending constraints are still very much a real thing. I don't fully understand electricity. I know what happens when I stick a fork in an outlet. (laughs) And I know what happens when I plug in an appliance or I turn on a switch. But how it gets from wherever electricity starts, how it gets to my house is beyond me. How do you even make electricity? All that's beyond me, but I know what happens when I plug a TV in. How it actually allows pictures and movies and such to come across the screen is beyond me. Doesn't change the fact that it works. And just because I don't understand it, and even if I said I don't believe in electricity, you go put a fork in an outlet, you're going to believe in it. <laughs> this kind of stuff comes up in, in terms of faith all the time. In fact, I was just having this conversation the other night with a non-believer. He says that he does not believe in God. Okay. He says he doesn't believe in the Bible. He says he thinks it's just a bunch of fairy tales in a storybook. Okay, but the reality for this person, and I know him pretty well, he says those things because he doesn't want to be accountable to them. If he dismisses God's rules as fantasy or as falsehoods, then there's no reason for him to conduct his life in accordance to those guidelines. But that doesn't change the fact that it's true. Jose Bautista is doing the exact same thing. He doesn't want to be accountable or confined to payroll or budget constraints. So he dismisses it and says, well, I don't believe in it. Pay me everything. Pay me all of it. The fact that you don't believe it doesn't change a thing. The Bible is written, though, so that we can know, so that we can be confident that eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. John twenty thirty one says, But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's somewhat freeing for me. I think it's somewhat freeing for any Christian. Once you understand that we can't save anyone from their sins, we cannot convince anyone that these things are true. We're only able to share that Christ died for the sins of all mankind and salvation is found in him alone. That's all we can do is share the good news. Only God himself, through his Holy Spirit, can move a heart to accept these truths. But because we love our sins, many, maybe even most, people will dismiss the things of God as untrue because because those things convict our hearts and they accuse us of the guilt of our sin. So it's simply easier to claim that they're false, and cling to the sinful lifestyle which we prefer. But know this, they're still true. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's what it says in Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I'm not going to apologize because the Bible is true, just because it doesn't line up with somebody's lifestyle. The Toronto Blue Jays are not going to apologize to Jose Bautista because they have a budget, because they have payroll limitations. And while I would love for everyone to believe that the things of the Bible are true, I know that they won't. I can't force it on anyone, but I do humbly present it for their own conclusions. But here's my one concern. The one concern I have is that people just 
blindly dismiss the Word of God without ever really truly investigating it. Don't just claim that the Bible is not true without actually having checked it out for yourself. If Jose Bautista ever looked at the Toronto Blue Jays' books, he'd know that in reality, just like every other team, even the New York Yankees over the last few years, every team has budget considerations and payroll constraints. His not believing does not change that truth. The Bible's a wonderful book of truths, and your belief or disbelief does not change that. But check it out for yourself before blindly dismissing it based on what your friends say. we got to go to a break. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? G&T Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. G&T's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for G&T Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. At BTG Program, it's time to play some shenanigans, Zach. That's a rapid-fire list of questions that Zach puts together. Statements, really, I suppose, more than questions and We'll either agree or call shenanigans on them. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban said recently that the NBA should move the three-point arc farther back because players are shooting more threes and ignoring mid-range shots. Moving the arc back would bring back the mid-range game and make the NBA more fun. Ah, shenanigans. It'll, it'll certainly have some impact, I would suppose, but I don't think it'll have a dramatic effect on the game, especially from the fans' perspective to say that it would make it more fun. The reality is many of the shots are being taken from well beyond the arc now. And instead of the game transitioning into a mid-range game, the NBA still loves the sharpshooters and guys who produce in the paint. I call shenanigans as well. This seems like sort of a response to what guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and, and Damian Lillard have been doing. But if you move the arc back a few inches, those guys are just going to move back with it and keep making threes. So I don't think it would make much of a difference. Yeah, you know what? Don't change a rule because of a player dominating at a particular time. He's not going to dominate forever. They changed golf. They changed some of the courses for Tiger Woods. Don't change the rules because of Steph Curry. And essentially, that's what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Truth or shenanigans, March is the best month of the year for sports fans because there are so many different things to watch, 
And it follows February, which is one of the worst sports months. Oh, yeah, I agree. Well, you don't have the NFL, and the NFL is the king of spectator sports. You do have everything else. While the NHL and the NBA amp up towards the playoffs, baseball not only it provides, like I said earlier in the show, this encouraging break from winter. And that, that sport is amping up towards opening day. And it's opening day in baseball is one of those nostalgic, wonderful oh, yeah. events. So you got the NHL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball all amping up towards something. Plus the weekends include golf and NASCAR. I mean, it's a great time of year. <laughs> March certainly is a breath of fresh air after February, but I absolutely love October, so I'll call shenanigans. While March has spring training, the NCAA tournament, the NHL stretch run, October has the MLB postseason, NFL football, and the start of the NHL and NBA season. So that's my favorite month, so I will say shenanigans. Truth or shenanigans, the daily UN Cespedes car slash horse slash pig slash golf watch is stupid and you're tired of it. I agree. I mean, good night already. Focus on some baseball. Oh yeah, your game, your games are on SNY, and <laughs> you know the Mets continue to be a second tier team even when they do win. But or as we said, SNY is showing games from 2006. Uh, they're just a perpetual Mister Irrelevant of New York City baseball. I agree with this one. It's ridiculous. You're a New York team that was just in the World Series, probably has the game's most dominant pitching staff, but all the reports coming out of camp this spring are about Cespedes cars his horse, his pig, his pig being butchered, how Terry Collins doesn't like his backwards hat, and now his golf game. Stop with Cespedes watch already. It's officially jumped the shark. The Knicks just signed Jimmer Fredette to a 10-day contract and played him a total of five minutes. This is a perfect example of the kind of foolish signings and wasted money that are the reason the Knicks have been a mess for years. I'll say shenanigans on this one, actually. While it's true the Knicks have made some highly questionable moves over the last few years, Fredette was just an attempt to fill out the last spot on the bench, and his 10-day deal only cost the team somewhere in the area of $54,000. So it's spare change for the Knicks. I actually agree with the statement and disagree with you, because if it did cost $54,000, that's a whole lot of money for the five minutes of playing time that he actually got. That's true. The Knicks' troubles are they're certainly not for a lack of trying to throw money at it. So for all you people who talk about teams buying a championship, the New York Knicks are the perfect counter to your argument. They they need a basketball guy. They need a basketball guy making basketball decisions. And by the way, Phil Jackson is not that guy. He's already making the Lakers better by making sure they don't have to worry about the Knicks anytime soon. I Just as a side note to this Knicks discussion, I heard a stunning fact this week that is evidence of the Knicks' troubles and why why they so desperately need a quality basketball talent. Since 1987, that is almost 30 years ago, there has been only one, one Nick to make the All-Star team who'd actually been drafted by the Knicks. David Lee, he's the only one that was drafted by the Knicks and played in an All-Star game. And in fairness, they haven't had a whole lot of draft picks They keep trading them away in terrible deals. They've had, in 30 years, six top 10 draft picks. Six. And considering how many losing, lousy, losing seasons they've had, it should be a lot more than six. It seems like the Sixers have had that many in just two or three years. LeBron James worked out in Miami with former teammate Dwayne Wade. Truth or shenanigans, there is more to this than just a simple workout. 
I agree, there is more to it. I don't know how much more, but it seems like there's at least a little bit more. Maybe he's just testing the water, maybe he's just getting stuff off his chest to a friend, but LeBron's a weird guy. This past Tuesday, he sent out a cryptic message on Twitter. The message was, it's okay to know you've made a mistake because we all do at times. Just be ready to live with whatever that comes with it and be with, then the follow-up tweet, those who will protect you at all costs. What does that mean? He's a weird dude. The day before that tweet, Stephen A. Smith suggested that Kyrie Irving not happy playing in Cleveland. There's trouble in Cleveland. So I, I agree. I don't know how much more it is to it, but I think time's running out for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I call shenanigans on there being much more than just a workout. You know, he and Dwayne Wade are, are, I would imagine, good friends from their time playing together. I don't see how LeBron goes back to Cleveland or how Wade goes or how LeBron goes back to Miami, or how Wade goes to Cleveland. So it seems like maybe just LeBron needed to clear his head with an old friend. Well, you may be right, but the cracks are starting to show, and they'd show a lot more if the East wasn't so weak and Cleveland was so far above everybody else. Oh, for sure. You know, if this was more competitive, I think you'd be seeing those cracks. Now, don't play the intro yet for the most awesome thing I saw, because I saw a lot of awesome things this week. I'm flipping through Sports Illustrated. And there's this account of the Australian cricket star Shane Warney. In he's appearing on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. It says he put his head in a box of snakes. It was immediately bitten in the face by a non-poisonous anaconda. Oh, geez. I mean, cricket players, you must be tough. I don't know why you're putting your head in a box of snakes. But that's not the most awesome thing I saw, that little blip. There's another account in in their section, Faces in the Crowd, in the same Sports Illustrated, a young man from Mason, Ohio, Sareem Venkantaro, a junior at William Mason High, broke a North American record solving a 3x3 Rubik's Cube while blindfolded in 25.19 seconds. How do you do that, blindfolded? His time of 25.19 seconds included the nine seconds he needed to memorize the cube, it says. His average time for three completed puzzles, 26.73. You're memorizing the cube? That's pretty awesome. But it's not the most awesome thing I saw. Now you can play the intro. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. A video was up this week on many of the sports websites which showed Tiger Woods celebrating a hole-in-one, but not one of his own. It was by a young schoolboy named Taylor Crozier. In fact, the introduction was maybe the best part. Well, it's not the best part. The kid hit a hole-in-one, but here's the introduction. Please welcome to the number one tee from Corpus Christi, Texas. A man with a perfect school attendance record until today, Mr. Taylor Crozier. <laughs> that that just strikes me funny. The kid is skipping school, and I'm sure he's not skipping. Everybody knows where he is. But he was in Houston at Tiger's Blue Jack National. Tiger was there unveiling a new 10-hole golf course. Woods ran up and hugged the kid after the ball goes down. It was it was just kind of cool to see this kid hit. That was the most awesome thing I saw. This kid hits a hole in one with Tiger Woods sitting there, but 
You know, on closer inspection of the video, it appears that Tiger may be somewhat tentative in hugging the young man. From what I see in the video, it looks like his back might still be bothersome. This would seem contrary to the one swing he took that he released last week from inside a Chuck E. Cheese somewhere. I don't know where he was. <laughs> we need a breaking news uh, breaking news drop for this. Yeah, uh, of course I'm being facetious because everybody so overanalyzes everything Tiger does, you know, and people are sitting there, well, how's the swing? So his answer to that, to reporters and talk show hosts speculating about the condition of his health, is he responds with a video through social media of one swing with an iron. Essentially playing a video game. You're Tiger Woods, man. You don't have to answer these people. You're a professional golfer. You don't need to answer talk show hosts with a stupid video. Anyway, that was the most awesome thing I saw this week. That kid hits a hole in one. It was just great. And it's going to be a great memory. You if know? you're that kid, that's the dream. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, Tiger Woods just watched you hit a hole in one and then congratulated you. Like, it's all gravy from here. How awesome would it be if the kid just smashes all Tiger's records and then smashes all of Jack's records? Like, right there. You can go back to that video and say, there they were together. That's where the greatness transferred over from Tiger. We're going to take another break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They know how to get any job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well, just about any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions will take on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, TMI, I, too much internet information. That's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on Geico.com, you could save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? 
G&T Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. G&T's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for G&T Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Joining us now on the BTG studio line is Spencer Traver. He and his brother Mitchell, who's a top flight pitcher for TCU, they had appeared on our program a while back. And we had asked Spencer to let us know when the book he was writing was going to be released, and we'd have him back on the program to talk about it. Well, that time is now, so Spencer, welcome back to the program. Glad you could join us. Thanks, Rick. I'm excited to be back. Your new book is called 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. What was the original spark for that, Spencer? What made you decide to write this book? Yeah, it, uh, you know, from the title, you can tell that, you know, the book deals with God's promises. Uh, that's where the, the 21 promises come from. It's nothing special, you know, about the number 21. That's a, a common question I've been getting lately. I think the reason I picked 21 is because, you know, there's, there's an infinite amount of promises practically that I could have picked, but I really saw, um, 21 is a great number because of the way I was writing the book. Uh, I wanted to write the book in a way where people could could take the time to read it in similar situations. And I thought, well, seven days a week times three is 21. So you could essentially read the book in three weeks, um, or you could just completely blow through it. For the subtitle for Declaring Jesus as Lord, I, you know, I was really sparked, I guess, um, by the thought of how there's just a growing need in, in our society um, to declare Jesus as Lord and to take God's promises for what they're worth. And I saw a lack of assurance, a lack of belief in God being active and present and for us in society, in essentially just everyday in and out life, um, you know, real time, real occurrences, real events. So I wanted to take these promises and relate them to life through stories, through writing, through this gift that God's given me and hope to bless people with that. Obviously, from the title, the book does deal with God's promises to his children. Give us a little more background, if you would. How do you relate these promises to the reader in the book? I use stories. Um, I, I try to, to essentially mimic what Bob Goff does. He's a fantastic writer. and His book, Love Does. He used stories and then related these stories either within the story or after the story to explain a point from Scripture. And that's what I've done is I'll start each chapter with a story. Typically, it's one either from my life or it'll be from someone right around me, someone I'm close to, and I'll, I'll explain these stories. So some of them have to deal with, um, with my journey with faith. The first chapter is called Declare Salvation, and it talks about how I came to know the Lord, uh, how I, I presented myself through that, um, the things I believe that weren't true, the things I believe that were. Uh, other stories include things like a friend of mine, his name is Neil Kerrigan, dealing with brain cancer. Uh, it's just third battle with it. He's just mm. been going through that. Um, he's 18 years old, about to graduate high school. And the book actually develops his plot. It's, it's a significant turning point in the book. He comes in early. I think it's chapter three, if I believe right. It, it's a cool turning point because I wrote the chapter. And as I was writing the book, things were happening in his life. So I reintroduce him in the middle of the book and then towards the end as well and talk about, you know, what's going on? What, what is God revealing uh, as things continue to grow? 
And also another story that's near and dear to my heart in this book is Mitchell, uh, my brother, who we've, we've been on the show here together before. But he has an injury history uh, with baseball. God's given him an incredible gift there. And being able to tell that story from the perspective of his brother and a best friend who has walked with him through all of it and seen the faith aspect that, that um, behind the scenes people don't see as much, even though he is very, he lives out his faith. Um, it's very apparent. He's very well known for that. I think it brings some, some meaning, some emphasis to the story, to God's promises displayed through him, especially as his brother being able to advocate for him. Mm. In the synopsis, the point is made that the promises of God can be especially critical for young people, for, for students living in a liberal society. Why is that, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, I went through this, I wrote it, and I wanted to, to make sure I was very deliberate with my words when I put this in the synopsis. I, it's my belief that the gospel is it's going to be offensive to those who don't believe it. You know, he talks about how there's this idea of salvation, and if you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ, you won't be saved. But however, there's this, this gift of grace, there's the gift of salvation that is extended to us through Christ's atoning work, and that has the power to save and redeem. So really, I, I take that and understand, okay, that's the message of the gospel now. The society that we're in right now is very... Uh, I, I use the word liberal in my description. Just It's more free-thinking. Um, there's this false narrative of progressivism that essentially just tells us to put our faith in ourselves. And what I'm trying to do with this book is shoot those things down. I'm saying, look, God's carried the weight for you. You know, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, the promises of God are for you, and that means your judgment day has already happened. So everything that the, excuse me, that the Christian does is owed to having faith in God, meaning our comfort, our joy, our ability, anything that it is, it comes from believing that God is real, God is with us, and God is for us. And in a liberal society, that's something that's not looked upon positively. Um, we're more about the, you know, pretty much prettying and photoshopping Christianity up, and I'm trying to just shoot it straight and say, look, at 20 years old, you know, I might not have it all figured out, uh, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm confident and I have a hope in Jesus Christ and in the promises of God, and that's for you as well. We're talking with Spencer Traver, author of the book 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. You can follow him and his brother on Twitter at Traver Bros, or you can follow Spencer at Spencer Traver 7. We live in a very trying time. I tell you, temptations all around us, frightening things happening all across the globe. Do you think at times that God's promises can be perhaps more difficult for people to trust in? And what makes a book such as the one you've written an encouragement in today's culture? Yeah, absolutely, Rick. I wouldn't have written this book if this wasn't true. You know, the purpose of writing 21 Promises is not for me to preach. It's not for me to create a platform. It's not any of those things. It's to agree with believers and to reaffirm the goodness and the faithfulness of God. So, you know, in a society, even in a world um, that, is changing. The one thing that's not changing is that uh, everything around us, the temptation, like you said, just evil and sin and how pervasive it is and how present it is, it makes it tough to believe some of these things. You know, some people walk through difficult stories. Uh, they have difficult testimonies that just make it hard to, to believe that God is good, that he's present, that he's real, that he's listening, that he cares. So what I've done is I, I really put the emphasis on, okay, you know, a lot of the stories in this book are pretty heavy. You know, I try and have a lot of humor when I write, but at the same time, I use those heavy stories, those 
pretty personal stories to reiterate that God is with us through the thick and the thin. It's it just, it's a present reminder that, that he's there. Uh, I think of Second Corinthians one twenty, uh, where it says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him we utter our amen to God for his glory. That's a verse that highlights this book. You'll find it in the very first preface at the very beginning. It, it essentially just means that our unbelief in God's promises finds its root in our misconceptions about God. So to reaffirm our belief in his promises means that we must believe with more than just our minds about who God is. We need to believe with our hearts who he is. Um, that goes for everything, any situation that God is unchanged and that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, yeah. He fits into every equation, uh, if there is an equation, I guess. I know you've told us before, but I really love to hear the moment someone repents from sin and places their trust in Christ. Can you share your testimony with us again and tell us about that time when you turned to Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I write about it in the first chapter, and that probably does a better job explaining it in more detail. But, I, you know, at the age of six, I, I come from a Christian home, from incredible parents that don't get enough credit um, for just what they've done in my life, Mitchell's life, my sister McKenna. They they really just led us the right direction, and, and God blessed us with incredible parents. So raised up in the church in a Christian home, you know, I said a prayer, a uh, church service that seemed compelling to me. Um, and I, I do believe that, you know, I truly believe in that moment that God was for real. You know, this thing was for me. Um, it's the way I, I, I wanted to live my life. It's what I wanted to accept. But I, I didn't act on that. And it's hard to at such a young age. You know, I don't have a story of of going, you know, crazy off on ridiculous things. But that's okay because it doesn't make me any better or worse. My need for Christ is the same as anyone else's. And I recognize that. And that's my testimony is that I recognize my need at a young age. It was probably towards the beginning of high school and the middle school where I really recognized he has given me a platform to share the gospel, whether that's with one person who's a friend or an interview like this, you know, now that we're here today. Um, so my testimony is just that his grace is sufficient. Uh, his power is sufficient. I know that I'm not, no matter what I get myself into, or even if I'm walking with him, um, I'm prone to fail. I'm prone to walk away and I need the Lord just as much as you do. So that's where I am now. Um, I'm using this platform to essentially tell people that God is good, that no matter where you've been, no matter where you are and where you're going, God is for you. He's with you. He's real. He's authentic. He's true. And so are his promises. Any prayer requests we can pray? I know you mentioned your sister McKenna, and she got her license recently, so that's got to be a prayer request high on your list. And I saw your tweet. Have they reopened the roads? You know, um, she she's already had a, a bit of an incident. Oh, uh, no. Love her to death, though. Yeah, she'll, everything's okay there. We got it all figured out. But, um, you know, she's sweet. I love my sister. I'm getting to see her here in a couple hours. Um, so, yeah, that that would be a prayer request, though. It's scary seeing uh, growing up and seeing your sister behind the wheel. Is there anything else we can pray about, maybe for you specifically? I would really appreciate uh, prayers that, that ultimately two things would happen. One, I would recognize uh, no matter who I talk to, um, to public speaking, no matter what I'm writing, anything like that, I'm not I'm not serving them as my God. There's only one God. I need to be reminded of that daily. Secondly, um, I just I ask that you would pray that I would remain faithful. That's that's my focus. Is everything that I do that needs to be done out of faith. In the moments that it's not, 
uh, the moments that I'm walking in my own understanding, and that's not a good place to be, as it says in Proverbs 3. So I pray that that would be where I walk and that ultimately God would be glorified through it all. Once again, we're talking with Spencer Traver. He's the author of the book, 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. You can follow Spencer on Twitter, at SpencerTraver7. Why don't you take a minute and promote your book, promote your ministry, tell our listeners where they can pick up a copy of the book, and maybe where they can find out more about what you and Mitchell are up to. Yeah, absolutely. You can order it through Amazon. You can order it through Google Books, I believe. My publisher at Westbow Press. You can use that as well as an avenue. All of those links are linked up, though, through Traver Brothers, which is our website. So TraverBrothers.com. You'll see a tab that'll say 21 Promises Book when you get on the website. And it'll have buttons to click for hardcover, softcover, and ebooks. I want to say it's about 30 bucks for a hardcover, 13.95 for a soft, and like $3 for the ebook. Spencer, I want to thank you again for coming on the program, talking a little bit about your book. Before I let you go, I just feel led. Can I pray with you for a minute? Absolutely. I'd appreciate that, Rick. Lord, I do want to pray for Spencer and Mitchell and uh, Lord McKenna as well. I want to pray for this family. I want to thank you for the work you're doing in their lives. I want to just ask that you would um, keep Spencer both humble and faithful as he goes through this process of promoting the book and doing interviews and and people will praise him and lift him up. But, Lord, I just pray that he would be humble and faithful to you. And I just want to pray for his friend, Neil, that he writes of in the book. Uh, Lord, just um, show yourself mighty in that situation. Give them comfort. And, um, Lord, I just ask that you would receive all the glory, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my friend, I want to thank you again for coming on. It's been good to talk to you. And, uh Maybe I'll reach out again in a month or so and get you and Mitchell on together and see how the season's going. Thank you, brother. That'd be great. Yeah, he's uh, he's nursing that injury right now, that last strain. But, uh, you know, in God's perfect timing, he'll be back on the mound competing. He's anxious to get out there, um, you know, hoping we can get him out there as soon as possible, and we'd be glad to come on the show. Sounds great. God bless you, my brother. Thanks, Rick. That's Spencer Traver, author of the book, 21 Promises, Declaring Jesus as Lord. You can pick the book up at Amazon or on their website, TraverBrothers.com. I want to thank you for listening. This is Beyond the Game. We'll be back right after this. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website TraverBrothers.com. That's TraverBrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They know how to get any job done. 
covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well, just about any place that can pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions will take on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Bring it. We got Hip Hop Rick. He's back. Welcome back to the show. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is Neil Peskin. Peskin is either the owner, part owner, or somehow involved in the hotel management group, which is being sued by Aaron Andrews for $75 million, claiming that the hotel showed negligence in allowing her stalker to stay in the room next to her, which allowed him to take nude images of her, which have been widely shared over the Internet. Peskin, who in fact testified in the lawsuit, is alleged to have this week showed that video to friends at a Nashville restaurant. Peskin, of course, denies the accusations, but does admit that the video was shown at the dinner, but just not by him, but that he asked his friends to stop playing the video. Are you kidding me? An employee at the restaurant has told the Nashville TV station that it was Peskin who showed his friends the video. In fact, the employee said on Twitter that he said it was costing him millions, so he was going to show it to everyone. As if being the subject of the videos wasn't bad enough, Andrews then had to sit through them being played for the jury in the court, and now having uh, allegedly having this clown continuing to show them is just disgusting. Neil Peskin is my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is a research team from the University of London who went on an expedition to Antarctica to put king penguins on treadmills. The goal of the experiment was to see how the penguins' weight affected their ability to run. Predictably, the researchers discovered that the fatter penguins fall over more often than the slimmer penguins. Research money well spent. Got to get them penguins to take off a few LBs. Can't have these fat penguins running all over the place. Survival of the fittest. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call at 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back right here next week at this same time.